leak and you just can't take it anymore. Here it comes, that glimmer of hope, a light shines through the dark. It's a hopeless show, with Aaron and Rogan World. It's a hopeless show, with Aaron and Rogan World. All right, and it is now time for episode 23. That's the Michael Jordan episode. It is. We're at the Michael Jordan episode. That's uh, It's a big one, so we have a big theme this week, too. Yeah, tell us about it, that theme, Aaron. Well, the theme, look, every week things get more hopeless. We know that. We're going to focus on how to react to the hopelessness and how to react to all the terrible things going on and how to maybe bring some hope and how we can react because we obviously can't change all the hopelessness that continues, but how can we react to it in a hopeful manner? Yep. We and may fail. It, we may succeed. <laughs> <laughs> and, and as usual, we will try and bring you hope through each topic. And this week, some of the topics that we'll be covering, including how people are reacting, whether it's a sports world reacting to a major human tragedy or it's how sex workers might be reacting to another uh, person on, on their website, how Twitter's reacting, how Melania might be reacting to uh, certain things that have been happening in the White House. So a lot, lots of interesting topics that we have. Um, so with yes. that being said, let, let, let's start going with some news from the quarantine, Aaron. Oh, yeah. So, so th- this, this news from the quarantine this week um, brought back some old memories and new memories. Because if you remember back what seems like now about four and a half centuries ago, uh, big Fox News pundit and conservative celebrity Dan Bongino went after me on uh, on his social media, and then I got inundated with thousands of hate messages. So this week it started with I saw, I was started getting sent. So then when when Dan Bongino stuff stuff happens, I get sent. People send me like Dan Bongino things like I actually still care. Um, This time I cared because it was funny. So this week, some dude made a Dan Bongino song about Dan Bongino that was really funny. May I play it for you? Yes. All right. Okay, well, here's what I wonder. I have a feeling, even though that song is probably making fun of Dan Bongino and what's happening at RNC this past week, I bet you he's probably pretty proud of it. And he might take it seriously. Well, here's the other thing. A few of the people that sent it to me are like the people who were shitting on me. (laughs) And then they still follow me. It's like, dude, you already don't like... You know, you already shit on me, but then you still follow me. A few of them do. I a lot don't. But uh, they send me this like, gotcha. And it's like a joke of a guy. Like, I'm in my basement. I want to sit with Dan Bongino at the RNC. <laughs> I want to be with Patricia McCloskey. <laughs> like, it's a funny song. Um, so, yeah, it, you're exactly right. Which leads into the news from the quarantine. How this led to the So, I don't know if you saw... The first night of it or second night of it, 
Uh, I progressively watched less, but I did live tweet as promised for, um, the uh, during it. And one of my tweets was enter Sandman. Your, which is a reference to Nick Sandman, who is the the kid who mocked the Native Americans from Covington High School, and they also wore blackface at their uh, at their basketball games. So I wrote when he came on, I wrote, "Enter Sandman. You're a ra- racist. Exit Sandman." So it was a um, you know a little shout out to Metallica, and uh, just a little quip. It got a bunch of likes. And I also got a lot of hate. Like the messages started streaming in and it then gave me flashbacks. Oh yeah, this is what it's like to get like massive amounts of hate immediately. May I read you a few things that I was called? Um, all right. So this is again, just a sampling of the liturgy by the people who were not let's say fans of my tweet. They actually, I didn't realize that to some, this kid, Nick Sandman is considered a hero. Um, if you will, he is an amazing man. So ready for a few. Aaron has to be Weinstein nephew. Right. And so because I'm Jewish, and work in Hollywood. Of course, I'm Weinstein, not Weinstein's. They didn't wasn't quite a sentence. Most of these aren't full sentences. I'm Weinstein nephew. Uh, another was, I'm surprised Sandman never said. I told them I can't breathe, but the liberal that media continued even, choking me. It doesn't even make sense. Which is racist. Make doesn't make sense. No. Another person said, I can't imagine how hateful you are. Wow, me. Um. I'm guessing your mommy didn't breastfeed you. Typical liberal. Insult a child for his looks and mock him. Great. Really mature and healthy. I didn't mock him for his looks at all. I just said that he's a racist. Um, Someone said evidence that he's a racist? Question mark. And I did reply to that and wrote and showed the thing of the kids in blackface at a basketball game. Um, And then someone said... (laughs) God bless you, Nicholas Sandman. You are an American hero. Uh, Someone said he knows he's not a racist. Actually, everyone apologized to him because he's not. Aaron is just a liberal and hasn't called a conservative a racist or Nazi today. It's all about meeting the daily quota. And then uh, the last one I'll read to you is you're a jerk off. You know, I, I what I do appreciate about the last one, you know, they just got right to the point. They weren't trying to be overly eloquent. You know, sometimes messaging is most effective in its simplest form. Three words, <laughs> simple. It's, it, it's a pejorative term that's universally accepted. It doesn't come with a lot of political baggage to it. Um, so I, I, that's, that was almost the most nonpartisan response you got. So I, I applaud whoever that was for, you know, just... just Let's just, say exactly who it is since yeah. it's public. It's Yeah, Son. That's their name. Yeah, Son. And when you click on it, I know this will shock you, but it says hashtag all lives matter, hashtag uh, Trump 2020 and hashtag D, um, uh, blue lives matter, which is the thing about black lives don't matter, but police lives matter. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's what the yes son stands for. But yes, you're right. You're a jerk off. You know, I'm honored. 
I'm honored. Thank yeah. you. Yes, yeah, son, for calling me a jerk off. Coming from you and what you stand for. <laughs> you should be proud. You know, right yeah. back at it's you, good bud. classic American bullying. And it's like, so getting back down to the fundamentals is what we're trying to do here. Um, so, so yeah, so that it was just like, wow, this is like our world is so filled with with it. But you're right. Thank Yeah, it gives me a lot of hope yeah, from my great. quarantine that I'm so, a jerk off. So let's transition to our first topic, which is going to be a dark one. But it's something that I actually didn't hear about until very recently that I had no idea was even a thing. But Aaron, Ooh. so have you, you might have heard. So do you know Fort Hood down in Texas? Of course. Yep. So yes. it's, a, you know, it's a major it's military base. Um, yep. You know, there was a Fort Hood shooter a few years ago. But a few people right. have uh, actually, a few active soldiers have died there uh, or have been, that belong to the base have died there this year. Do you know how many? No, I didn't know that. Yeah. So in this calendar, there's been 12 soldiers that have mysteriously died in Fort Hood, many of which have died after they made sexual harassment complaints against their superiors. Some one was the most recent one was found hanging in a tree. Another one was uh, was found in a shallow grave. Okay, another one shot himself after police tried to uh, follow up on a response uh, to this to to a person after um, the police contacted him, uh, you know, about making a complaint. Um, and then there's just, you know, someone was hit by a car while they're directing traffic, like full speed. Um, so another one was found drowned after a boating accident. Um, so it's absolutely crazy. All these things are happening off base when people are least expecting it. And many, many of them all are stemming from people that have reported sex crimes happening by their superiors at the base. Now, okay. I've never heard of something like this. Like this is, what? If they're just offing people. We don't know if they're all related. We don't know if they're accidental. But what do you think about this? Well, one thing, this is one piece of hope. And again, we're, this is about also about reacting to hope, to hopelessness. So, of course, reacting to what you just said, I think, well, this is just terrible and scary. And it shows who's really in power, what's really going on, how much are... Um, how much do we really know about what really goes on behind the scenes? All that can be a reaction. Another reaction, I know Fort Hood is uh, fairly close to Waco, Texas. Waco, Texas is famous for the cult. And there was the TV show recently about it. Um, about, what was his name? Koresh? Yeah, David, David Koresh. Koresh. Um, so... We, it's all about how we react to things. What if this is just David Koresh's... He might be dead, he's I don't dead. even know. But this this is... He's dead. But maybe this is the ghost of David Koresh's final thing that he wanted to do to, like, do his cult thing, and now it's over. Because it's close to Waco. Maybe don't go close to Waco. Waco's kind of scary. And, like, Fort Hood, maybe it needs to move. You don't want to be close to that stuff anymore. But maybe this was David Koresh's So last what stand. you're saying is that David Koresh oh, is taking, taking revenge. Theory. His ghost is taking revenge yes. on innocent young people who have been sexually abused. And he's killing them. Look, we're in the land of conspiracy theories. It's all how you react. And instead of the obvious things that are probably what happened, I'm just throwing it on this guy because 
then it can be like, all right, and now it's going to be done and we can wash it under the rug and pray because every other reaction I can think of is, look, there's people, there's the higher ups controlling this and killing them. And it's so that this doesn't get out and doesn't disparage the military and doesn't disparage the, the, um, the military base and all that stuff. But I'm saying there could be another reaction. That's all. Not that mine's right. It's just another reaction so that we can at least put blame on something else. Okay. Well, you know, we, we, we can, we can proceed in that, that, that manner. Um, but <laughs> I also don't believe a thing I just said, okay. but I'm just saying there's another way to look at it. <laughs> you know, and that might be, sometimes we might just need to make up stuff in order to just move, you know, there's such a culture. You're a jerk off. This is very true. <laughs> Very right to the point. See, um, no, but it, it, it's, yeah. it's crazy because in this, this is a story where people are reacting to being touched or assaulted or harassed and they die and it's all from the same base. And we are not, it's, you know, there's not a lot of news coverage about this. That's a, 12 people from one base, in one calendar year in 2020 already is wild. So I don't, I don't know where this well, goes from here. This is the last, the, yeah, the, the, the last part I'll say, so we can keep going, is what this sounds like when you described what happened is, again, what I'm used to hearing. These last number of years are outliers. But what I'm used to hearing, used to hear about what happens yeah. in other countries, in third world countries, in dictatorships. Uh, it has now become, in these last number of years, something that obviously is in America as well, and it seems to grow by the day. So that's my real thought, is that I think that some of the norms and some of the things that are being swept under the rug are worse than ever in our country. But my other answer is just so we can always think that there's other possibilities, so it's not just that our country is further diving into this, this uh, depth of bad. And if anything, in a place where masculinity is such a dominant uh, sort of uh, approach to the world, you know, it, it's especially difficult for men to ever put forth a claim about sexual harassment because generally men are not taken seriously when it comes to claims of sexual harassment. It's, it's, no. it's usually it's ignored. It's laughed at. It's made a joke of. And so if anything, this may shine a light in a place that, you know, has been in dark and in the shadows a long time. So hopefully these people's deaths were not in vain and, and the maybe the military will start to take this seriously. And if they do in that masculine place, maybe then it'll then carry over to the rest of our country. See, that's a positive way to, uh, to, to react to something that, I mean, I don't believe that'll happen either, but, yeah. but look, there's always ways to react to, to bring some hope. Yeah, um, it's true. It's true. Absolutely. How you react is literally your reaction is your first step to what you are doing about a problem, right? Yeah. And, if, and doing doing when it comes to problems is so important right now. Mm -hmm. Reacting by doing as opposed to being calling people jerk offs or whatever is so important. But calling somebody so, a jerk off is hilarious. Like I laughed when you just called it to call me that. So it's fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, you know. Let's let's keep going with the mail. Yeah, game, yeah, right? yeah. Let's keep going. It was a dark one, but I wanted to sort of, you know, start dark and end end with some lighter dessert as we get towards the end of the show. And it was so dark that I literally went Waco cult David Koresh leader 
yeah. cult leader as the hope. Yeah. <laughs> See, what I'm trying to do is That's, really depress all our listeners so that as we progress, they're going to feel more and more hopeful because you start with the most hopeless and then you just build it up from there. Yeah. And it's like, well, guess what? I heard next year they're only projecting nine deaths. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Um, oh, that's so, not so bad. Yeah. That's cool. not so bad. So the Mailer game this week, which is everyone know, I'm a uh, subscriber to both Biden and Trump's mailers. I uh, have uh, supported both candidates in different ways. One is I went to Trump's. I, I signed up to go to one of Trump's rallies and just couldn't quite make it. Um, that's my only thing I've ever done for him. Biden, other things. So I get both their mailers. Row it. Here is one for you that I'm okay. really just so, just so the listeners know, I've never gotten one of these wrong. So one day Aaron will stump me. Is today the day about who Here wrote it is. This, this text? Will you join in our fight to save America? Question mark. Ooh. I'm going to go. Here's the thing. Everything like using America, the name, make America great. You'd imagine... You, start to think trump but i think that we're at a point of desperation with half the country i would venture to say that's a biden message boom stumped yes. you yeah it Wait. is trump oh no yes oh shit and what made me find this besides the fact i thought i would get you finally for the Fuck. first time yeah is i found this also fascinating because in our lives and I think probably in the history of the country, I've never heard a messaging from a guy who's run the country for four years about how we've got to save the country <laughs> from his four years. <laughs> like, it's just like, yeah, I, you would expect this to be Biden's text, right? Like, yeah, we have oh. to go save America from what the atrocities of the last four years. That's his, which I, you know, I think is what he wants to do. The fact that Trump wants to save America from the last four years of himself is very odd. And then I went down a little bit of wormhole and I was like, so what, what are, what are the truths? Like, cause the economy is his biggest thing. What are the truths? Like, what are we, what are we, would we then be saving ourselves from? And did you know the last three years of the Obama-Biden administration, the economy went up far more than it did in the first three years of the Trump. What's that guy's name? The the, the AI guy who's his VP? Pence, right? That oh, robot guy? Yeah. Um, yes, yes, yes. So the Trump-Pence administration. C3 Pence. So it's, it's actually gone up more. So then I thought, okay, maybe he does want to save America from himself. Because economy is his biggest thing. He's actually done worse at it than the Biden Obama administration or the Obama Biden administration. So he actually does want to save us from himself by actually doing like they did. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, whatever confusing. it is, you know, props to you for stumping me on that one. Um, that, that, yeah, my, my streak is over. My, so, Your streak uh, is over, but, but there you have another, you'll have another chance. Yes. Yeah. So, so it's, it's a perfect transition to your topic. Yeah. So speaking of chances, um, I need I need hope here because this week and watching the RNC live tweeting it and especially the end with 
the Trump uh, speech and, you know, the fact checking of it, it was basically just lie. It was just like one made up. It was like they went and did like and it was like they went and made an Independence Day movie about Trump that doesn't exist. It was a complete falsity. But beyond that, what they did, he's all about cutting taxes and saving you money. It's all lies. But it just that's what he says. He took our money, that campaign took our money so that they could use the White House as a backdrop. And all of the places they used to do the convention were public places that we pay for as taxpayers. So he's going to cut our taxes or something, whatever he says he's doing, and yeah, and use the, the money that he gets to then promote his campaign. It felt, it's one, it's, it's illegal, but his administration has proven that legal doesn't matter. Um, he's already an impeached president. So whatever, do another illegal thing. It's called the Hatch Act that he violated. And then on top of it, at the very end, I don't know if you saw this, it was really the main speakers, the only real speakers in this th- in this convention, because all the other main big Republicans have not aren't, are supporting Biden, is he, uh, it was all his family. His family, the Trump family, and from all his different wives and everything, were all the speakers. And at the very end, so on top of violating the Hatch Act, at the very end, they were all on the stage together. And it was like a monarchy. And it's it's exactly what I see when I see a monarchy. They have their house. There's all the family members. And then right afterwards on the news, on like I think it was CBS, they said, you know, this really resembles a monarchy and dictatorship, the way they're talking about really never leaving the White House and how this is going to be theirs to stay, to keep saving America from themselves give me hope because it all seems so wrong okay just so i understand now the hatch act is about the hatch act is about federal employees right being in uniform um or i'm not sure if i fully understand i'm just googling this you cannot use the hatch act is you cannot use um government grounds and government and government money for your own political campaign okay i think that's correct i can look at the exact verbiage okay um so it's uh i'll read exactly it's the hatch act of 1939 it's been around a while an act to prevent pernicious political activities it's the united states federal law's main provision prohibits civil service employees in the executive branch of the federal government except the president and vice president from engaging in forms of political activity so everyone else except for Trump and Pence was create was committing a crime and Trump was too because of all the people he had there working for him. So it was a federal crime that he blatantly committed and then the whole family committed and then they basically acted like a monarchy. Wait, Give me help and hope. Okay. So just so but there was what I don't understand is weren't there other elected officials and who are considered federal employees from at both the DNC and the RNC speaking in support of their candidates? None on the uh, DNC was all private property. Oh, you can't okay, do it okay. at the White House. Gotcha. Because he actually did it physically at the White House. At the White House, at a fort, at a there were a lot. All the places were um, federal land uh-huh. and uh, land oh, that, right. that in he a government oversees. room or building while wearing mm-hmm. a uniform or using a government vehicle. Interesting. Okay. Okay. Yeah, it's I don't completely know. illegal. Yeah, I mean. Here's unless it's I a mean, monarchy, unless it's a dictatorship or monarchy, which we aren't. But this was being a dictator and a monarch. Well, you know, at least then they showed off the completely 
how uh, Melania, by, by doing it in the White House grounds and in the garden, right? Because I think some of it was in the garden. The new. Yep, that too. Yeah. Melania so they at was least that. were able to that showcase just how much the beautiful, like the cherry blossom trees that were planted by um, uh, JFK's wife, by Jackie. Um, those were torn down and everything looks like a funeral home now. At least they were able <laughs> to put on display just how horrible it is. By the way, I also read something that um, when Melania, Melania refused to move into the White House until they redid the bathroom because she said she doesn't care if it was the Obamas or if it was the Queen of England. She did not want anybody else that had sat on that toilet to be used. I guess apparently this toilet has been around a long time. So they yep. ripped out the entire bathroom, redid that whole thing just so she would move into the White House. Um, so they've come in okay. and turned, you know, um, the White House into a crack house. But like <laughs> at least maybe the takeaway is that the world got to see that. I don't know. All it did was, to be honest, is it made if you don't like actually get educated and learn what's going on, it just looked like America is better than ever. Look at us. The royal family of the dictatorship of America. All right. Well, here's the here's 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 hope. If somehow Joe Biden can win this presidency, if he can pull it off, at least you can have a beautiful before and after. You know, you have before Trump, during Trump, and then after Trump, and just see how we actually do get back to a beautiful White House. And maybe that should that'll just be the first step in a return to decency and normalcy emanating from there. So this is just giving us that before picture. So we can do the after picture, you know, if we have a new resident. Uh, but I can't do better than that for you right now. Okay, so basically, this is pretty hopeless, except at least react about the toilet thing, which is disgusting on her end. But that's already funny. It's disgusting yeah. on her end. <laughs> there um, we go. Let's leave it at that. Melania's ass yeah. can't touch toilets that aren't just hers. <laughs> As she shits and poops. So it's hopeless TV time. Yes, there has been some really hopeless TV and also some great stuff. But the first one is, so some nights, as I told you, I find myself watching weird movies or movies that I haven't seen in a while. This week, it was Undercover Brother. Do you remember Undercover Brother? I remember hearing it come out. I never saw it. I saw it in the theater. Uh, damn straight. And then uh, I watched it last uh, few, you know a few nights ago so the thing that was hopeless about it was this kind of movie just wouldn't get made right now ever again because again full of racism full of uh african-american stereotypes it would just not get past the uh anyone it just wouldn't happen the the good thing so that was my initial hopelessness about it the good thing is I got to watch it and there was really funny shit. And I just got to tell you one of the things. One, Dave. So there's different brothers. There's undercover brother who's played by Eddie Griffin. Who's like the man. He's got the fro. He's like, he's like the James Bond in this undercover brother world. Then there's Dave Chappelle, who's one of his sidekicks. Denise Richards is like, I think her name is the White Widow or something. And she's like this woman who loves undercover brother, but then turns on him, but then doesn't There's smart brother. Who's played by a guy I actually know named Gary Anthony Williams, who I've worked with. Who's like the one who comes up with all the smart shit. And finally at the end, the big reveal, like the big, like finale part is there's James Brown. <laughs> James Brown 
is at the end of it. I can't really tell you why the plot gets pretty confusing, except he's at the end and the line that was just like, man, I missed these lines was you mess with the fro. You gotta go. <laughs> I mean, and, I mean, that was like, it went from, man, we're not, we don't see these movies to, Oh my gosh, James Brown, that line. I mean, it's, yeah, I mean, this might have been. I still haven't seen Norbit, as you know. You've been, you know, been recommending I watch it. Maybe I'm, I do a double feature with Norbit and Undercover Brother. Just catch up on some classics. Um, yep. Okay. You got well, it. You know, it'll be a good double feature. All right, I like that. Um, and speaking of features, what do we do about Tenet, which is now going to be coming out in, internationally and in, and in some theaters across the U.S. You know, Chris Nolan wants to make sure it's launched. In, he shot in 70 millimeter IMAX. You know, he wants to make sure it's seen on the big screen well before it hits digital, like, you know, a year before it hits digital. Um, however, it's going to be in many, many uh, cities, except in Los Angeles and New York, um, because we still have closures on our theaters and will for the foreseeable future. So Hollywood and the biggest city in the world do not get to watch Tenet. How do you feel? Um, Which is, by the way, it was called a cinematic masterpiece by many. So here's the two. Well, remember, I did in the future when I was in Indonesia in episode 21. See the film. Um, my two pieces of hope. My review of the film was it was the best film of all time. In the future, my present te- now view of the film is it's really not getting his be- the best great reviews for a no- for his films. They usually get great reviews. This isn't. Right. So my hope is, look, a lot of people are going to like literally risk their lives to go to the theater to see this film in a packed house in places where theaters are just fully open. We don't have to go do that with a film that already people are saying isn't that great. It's like right. nothing that special. And then at some point it'll play in theaters because because L.A. is such a movie town. They always bring back like big movies like this to, to re-show at some of the theaters. You know, what? maybe though, like I did in terms of cinematic masterpiece, I heard that's in terms of the visuals and cinematography, not necessarily the comprehensive story as a whole. I'm just based going off of, off of research. But you know what? I actually have an AMC uh, sort of monthly thing and maybe with all these movies not releasing elsewhere and not showing up here maybe that means because I can do 12 movies a month for like my $24 so maybe right. that means I can just like as soon as like the theaters open back up just go like four nights a week and just binge through all the great stuff that's all coming out in one time maybe maybe that's a way to do it um, so I can that have, like, and just a solid I, and movie I love month. going to retro they bring these movies back all over Hollywood and the different theaters and stuff they bring movies back at special showings, and usually when they do the special showings, they're special guests. So Nolan might be there, one of the cast members might be there, the director of photography might be there. So you might actually get a better chance later to see it with, you know, a good Q and A afterwards too. Yeah. Because right now I don't think you'd want to actually go to a theater with five hundred people in it. My guess. Probably not. So. Probably not. Look, your life is being saved and you'll get to end up seeing it in a great play, great way. Do you feel hope? I do. I do. And then oh. the la- the last hopeless TV which has which is totally different again. It's me going down a wormhole and I watched the film Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure for the first time 
since I watched it, I don't know, at friends' houses as a kid on DVD or it might have even been VHS. And, dude, this movie, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, made me feel so hopeless because movies that are this poetic, great, beautiful, cultural, def- culturally defining and just absolutely ridiculous don't get made enough anymore. They're not like the big things anymore. This movie is just so ridiculously absurd and funny and stupid and amazing. And all those phrase, these phrases that we ended up using as, as, uh, as kids and now even like bodacious. <laughs> uh, I mean, there's so many, um, schwa, like there's just so many good ones. And I was like, man, I want this kind of movie more. But then this week, a new Bill and Ted is coming out. And then I got hope. I was like, oh, man, they're actually putting the new Bill and Ted instead of waiting for the theaters like it was going to. They're putting it on demand. So then I felt hope. But, man, I miss these kind of movies. Yeah, it's I mean, stupid is important to have in terms of cinema. Like not everything has to be worthy and fucking no. crazy CG and all that. Like, it's okay. Sometimes you just want French fries. Not everything needs to be like potatoes all gratin. You know, it's so. No. So it's okay. I think it's good to have dumb cinema and it's a nice throwback. Um, and it's educational. Yeah. You learn a lot about history because they go back in history and you learn shit. Yeah. So that's Hopeless TV in a nutshell. And now our, our, our last topic before we go into Hope in 60 Seconds is, uh, look, the Major League Baseball and the NBA, they canceled games this week in protest of what happened to uh, to Jacob Blake in Kenosha, um, in yep. Wisconsin. And and really, it's it's also in protest to this just constantly continuing to happen. And also the fact that a white militia kid was then allowed to go was like literally allowed to go shoot and murder a few pe- protesters. I mean, it was a mess. It was everything wrong about a lot of things. What made me feel extra hopeless is the NFL. I believe that the NFL really does serve as a microcosm in so many ways for what's wrong in our country. It's a microcosm for like the wrongness of America. You have the billionaire owners who usually, who are almost all on one side of the, um, political aisle in terms of what they think should happen for the economy. And then you have all these people, all these players, average life expectancy of an NFL career is a little less than three years. And they just want to throw them out there in a couple weeks, let them play, get hurt, no guaranteed contracts in general, nothing except for the top 1% of NFL players. And so you've got, it feels like it's America and the owners want to throw fans in there and make it this thing so that they can just make more and more money. And it really feels like every NFL team is kind of like America. You've got like the, this, the, the, the head of state, and then you have the few rich people, and then you have all these people that are being put in harm's way. And it feels like to not say that about the NFL is in denial of what it kind of does represent until they start to find more fairness in how uh, these players are treated and how the owner to player relationship is. Cause the owners really have a stranglehold on the players because they don't make the same money in general. 
Yeah, I mean, what you're saying, I haven't thought about it that way. Um, you know, even with players having unguaranteed contracts, you know, where most of the country right now with the lack of unions is that is it at work uh, or right to work sort of place where, you know, it's it's no one's forcing you to work. Exactly. And your same. employer can, you know, let you go for any reason. Um, and you can choose not to work for any reason. And this obviously protects the employer more than it does the employee. Um, and yeah, I think, however, the NFL, with its visibility, it is the beloved American sport has taken over baseball, obviously, in the past 30 years as America's pastime. Um, but what I do... I wouldn't say that. America's pastime, NFL is more popular in terms of the lexicon of the country since the Civil War. There's only been baseball. So I don't want to take away yeah, from Yeah, but there's more meant. viewers. There's more media coverage. There's more NFL fans. There's bigger TV. Like, I think NFL has surpassed the uh, MLB in numbers in everything except for longevity. So, and I'm still a huge baseball fan. But I just, I think the NFL, the, the even look at Madden games, they far outsell the show and anything like that. You know, there is a major sort of cultural... Uh, sort of importance placed on the NFL. What I do think is it provides two opportunities. One, you see a lot of black and white teammates and camaraderie where color at this point, where it's on the field, people are treated as equals. Off the field, we've started to see, you know, at least some awareness. You know, Goodell saying, you know, we should have listened to Kaepernick earlier. You're starting to see, I think, if the eyes of the world are watching the NFL, the eyes of America are watching the NFL, they are no better. They are nobody's in a better position to set a positive example with their actions this year, whether it's mass, whether it's distancing, whether it's just making statements about what is right and wrong with the world. Cause you take away the NFL, people are far angry and far upset, more upset than if you took away baseball in general. Isn't that a good thing? If it went away right now and people had to, and because you know what's going to happen. It, use the Trump's going to say, I brought back the NFL. Look, America is back. It's stronger than ever. And I don't you know can if I agree. I think you use the platform as a way to communicate your message, to communicate a, a more important message. I, I'll I think, say this. I hope you're right. I don't think that's what's going to happen. I'm ready for Trump to take credit for it and be like, now America's even better than ever. Or he'll hate on him if anyone kneels. I mean, but. Yeah. He's been at war with the Let's NFL see. for a while, which I think has only helped the NFL. Um, I hope you're right. I'll yeah. say this, and it's all about reaction. I hope you're right. Yeah, I so. really see a big problem with the NFL right yeah. now. It's Even kind with, of become more and more aware. I mean, Drew Brees uh, and the entire, all the Saints were wearing Jacob Blake's name taped to their helmets during practice this week. Like, so like you that's see that good. kind of shit, like that's got eyeballs more than baseball, more than anything else in the country. We care about football and if football is doing the right thing then that is that's a powerful voice. So I hope you're I hope you're right. Hearing Jerry Jones and stuff saying that they're going to put 20,000 fans in the stands and stuff. I'm like, oh, my God. Oh, yeah. Yeah. One other thing, Rowan, I just want you to know about why I think this about baseball and why I'm worried about the NFL is baseball has really been through the different eras of our country since the Civil War. It's been really at the epicenter of different social movements, including now with what the players in the league did, but also with Jackie Robinson, Jackie Robinson, a breaking the color barrier with the players going off to fight the war in world war two. Like, I mean, the, the list goes on of all the different things that it's done 
that it's represented in our the lexicon of our country. That's why I believe that baseball is and will always be the pastime of our country. Popularity or TV ratings don't mean necessarily that you're standing for something more or less. And right now I'm worried about what the NFL actually stands for. I love what Colin Kaepernick stands for. The NFL, I worry because it's at the beginning stages compared to where baseball is and what it means to the lexicon of our country. So now it's time for Open 60 Seconds. All right, first topic, Bella Thorne, who is some, like, I guess, uh, Instagram kind of model type person um, that became kind of a, an OnlyFans, like, nude model. <laughs> um, apparently. What? Yeah, so she, Bella Thorne is on. Isn't there's controversy because she promised, like, I guess with OnlyFans, you go in and like you follow your favorite like adult star or sex worker, and then you pay the money and they send you nudes. Um, apparently, yeah. people she charged two hundred dollars, and then she didn't come through on the bargain and took all this money. And now what happened is it's changed the rules of OnlyFans for how actual sex workers wow. and people there they get paid out. Now they don't get paid out immediately and and so now there's a whole Bellathorn controversy. How do you bring hope to the sex workers on OnlyFans? Um I think uh that, that she should not she is a Disney Channel star from what I know. No no Disney Channel star should be looped in with the pride that sex workers bring to their work. So um <laughs> What, what, what do you tell how, how do we get those workers to feel some hope though we have to put an amendment in the the bella thorne clause she was an outlier no disney star is allowed to be an only fans person okay so fine yeah ban, ban all the disney stars although that ban might re, that might re, that might be bad for traffic for only fans um <laughs> yeah but yeah. it's we're banning them yes we'll, we've just banned them we'll have it's to all revisit. You react. Yeah. we're banning them maybe do a little research ourselves no just kidding um okay aaron <laughs> you're up um so uh, in watching a Dodger game this week, I felt very depressed because there's a Spectrum cable ad, which is my cable company, that was all about. The whole ad was, now that things are open, now that the country is back, now that we are all back, we are here for you, Spectrum. And it was like all these pictures of people like doing things that we just can't do yet because of the pandemic. And I was like, wait, what? It made me feel so hopeless because... I'm watching an ad that's just blatantly lying about what I can could go do now from the cable company I pay for. Hope. Well, you at least you know that your money that you pay for in those high spectrum prices isn't going towards quality production. It's just going towards buying stock footage. Um, so yeah. that means it's employing people that are making that stock footage, just getting them money while they're they're at home during the apocalypse. And um <laughs> Yeah, and it further reinforces the idea that no one will ever take a cable company seriously. No. Yeah. Cut the cable, but Cut. I can't because of, of sports. Uh, yeah. All right. So next one. Um, so there's a remote tribe um, in, uh, in, in India uh, in a region called the Andamans that this is a tribe of 53 people. They're a very remote tribe. Five of them have caught coronavirus and one's died. How do you get hope that even a remote place now is getting corona um um this was all bound to happen just like in america when people were saying in in the rural areas that they're immune and they were open longer than anyone and then they got hit really hard 
This is a pandemic like we've never had that affects everyone and everyone, wherever you are, has to take it seriously. And until we get that vaccine and stuff, we have to. So my hope is this should be an, like a message to the world. Obviously, people in our country aren't getting it. But to the world, you've got to take this seriously. Yeah, It can happen to you. Yeah, even if you don't have contact with other people, you can get this. So, okay, yeah, maybe it, it's the most Dude, extreme case. If you're Tom Hanks with a volleyball on an island, you can still get it from the volleyball. Yeah. Yep. All right, Dude, next one. They don't know where it's going to land. Probably not anywhere on the planet, but maybe the day before the election, November 2nd, an asteroid is heading to Earth. Now, this sounds more realistic than anything I saw at the RNC. And it's actually happening, and it feels also like a movie. Um, well, the hope there is... Oh, my God. I mean, I, if anything, maybe it has some natural minerals and materials that wherever it crashes, it makes somebody whose life needs it instantly rich, um, as long <laughs> as it doesn't take out a whole village or town with it. Um, or maybe we all just deserve to burn up anyway for what we've done to this planet. So I I think you're I think there's one other one maybe because yes we deserve that can I just add one yep or maybe just maybe Bruce Willis will come to our aid and he will go up and he will kill that asteroid I like, like Armageddon. it I like it um, all right last one um, Aaron so we have you and I and uh, you know your girlfriend my girlfriend and three other couples are in a fantasy football league and we have been for years um the draft is this sunday i'm the commissioner of it however i want to switch this league up from a snake style to an auction style which is way more fun you guys trusted me for to do two quarterbacks in a super flex last year um but now it seems like no one's trusting me to switch to an auction how do i find hope uh I am all for it, and I want to do an auction-style draft 100% because I don't know anything about the NFL this year. I have followed it the least probably in my life. And at least if people are put up for auction, it gives everyone a fair chance to get the good player when they're put up for auction because you can just keep bidding more. So basically, I'll bid a dollar more than you bid on Great. every player. That, that you know, if, I, if you can then help me position it as a safer way for all players to participate then great so thank you um hope fulfilled dude our cutouts are in dodger stadium and we got sent by the uh the guy john uh the the photographer the dodgers photographer sent me the picture we see it we have it we are in the stands hope fulfilled we have made it we are we know we are in dodger stadium every single night Every day we are next to each other and, and you know what? And we, we're going to post that picture online so you can use it as a zoom background and phone background. So you can look at Aaron and I whenever you're not listening to the show and we'll always yeah. be closest to you in your pockets, near your butt or your groin. Um, our picture can, will be there. Um, and we're excited that, um, you know, we get to be at Dodger stadium and in your pockets at the same time. So now that we have finished uh, hope in 60 seconds, it is time for the, Fan submissions. And we have a couple today. The first one is from Pam in Vermont. She said, where are your tweets and social? And that's a good question. Uh, Rohit and I try to, uh, to get to the social media aspect of the show a lot. We haven't done it as much as we would like. But we are going to step that game up, if you will, a lot. And so if you want to find it, it's The Hopeless Show 
on all social medias or the hopeless show and the number one on all social media platforms so that you can see things that we're doing, the cutouts. So our handles on Twitter and Instagram are hopeless show. That's it. It's that simple. You just go to hopeless show and that's us. And on Facebook, it's Aaron and Rohit's hopeless show or the hopeless show, I believe is the handle. So on all of those, you can find it. And we are going to try to step up our game big time because we want to keep sharing fun stuff when we're not doing the show. And with that, there is the second submission, which is uh, from Carlos in San Francisco. Why don't you stop when it all is so mean out there? And I believe what Carlos is talking about is why don't we we stop and uh, Rohit and I and be you know saying our our mind being truthful to our truths and i know i've gone out there a lot and been active out there in the world i've opened myself up to ridicule to hate to all a lot of stuff we talked about today on the show and the reason that that we don't stop and that no one should stop and we mentioned this a little before is don't just react but act and if you don't just react but you act then you're doing something for change or for whatever you believe in, no matter who you are. That's what I stand for. for. That's what Rohit stands for. And that's also what the Logic Party that we've talked about ad nauseum and will continue to on this show is all about. And that's at the Logic Party on all social media or at the Logic Party and the number one. And the idea is to stop these party lines and to start thinking logically and to start acting logically acting rationally, acting kindly, acting with hope, acting with patience, acting with virtue, acting with humanity. The more we do that, the more it doesn't matter what people say, because if we influence one or two people, that's who matters. So that's why we do it, Carlos. And I hope that that helps um, you in, uh, in understanding why we do what we do. So thank you for that question. So this has been, I hope, a, a hopeless show where you can see that there are different ways to react to hopelessness like this week. Even though we haven't found every answer, we found some other ways, even if they involve cults and Waco, Texas. Yeah, and, you know, and, and like we said earlier, how you react, you know, is will eventually lead to how you act. So think about when something hopeless happens in your life, think about just, you know, what is the most like thoughtful, honest and constructive way that you can react and help yourself and help those around you. Cause we all feel, you know, sometimes just like raging out and sometimes we have to rage out. Sometimes it's important that we do. It really, really is. And sometimes it's important. We, we pick each other up too. So, um, you know, we hope that, you know, with, with, with our, with our uh, topics today, maybe there's a little perspective that can help us all. Um, until then, until episode 24, which is the Kobe Bryant episode, because um, number 24, yeah. uh, Aaron, I'll catch you later, man. When the world seems golden bleak and you just can't take it anymore, here it comes, that glimmer of hope, a light shines through the dark, it's all good slow.